calling all women who are curious and called to be women warriors arising in this day and age to heal and grow together. I'm your host, Jennifer Malcolm, self-made entrepreneur, women advocate, and life balance expert. Welcome to the next episode of the Genesis Speaks podcast, the transformative power of women's stories, where every woman has a story and every story matters. And yes, ladies, that means you. I am so excited to begin this podcast. We're going to do things a little different this month because in April, it is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And as many of you know, we had podcasts this past fall featuring a few people that really opened up conversations and started bringing darkness into light. And the responses around those conversations were some of our highest listened podcasts of all of season one. So this year, we want to be very intentional to feature different women's stories throughout April all around sexual abuse and trauma. In season one, we had two guests in the production schedule that focused on their own stories on sexual assault and trauma. The overwhelming response by our community and conversations that women were willing to have showed how important having these conversations actually are. As you may remember, and if not, go back and listen to it, back in August of 2020, Amy Stack shared her story of abuse that began at a young age in her life. The title of it was Broken to Beautiful, A Survival Story. Here are some quotes about Amy's podcast. Through Amy's story, she discusses struggling with shame, self-worth, overachievement, and pouring her whole self into everything she does. She remembers that she went from this happy, healthy, vibrant, hammy, posing in front of the camera girl, then life changed really drastically, really quickly. Hoping with her abuse, Amy would look around and see that all she saw were perfect people in her head. Everybody has a story, but in my head, I would look around and think, of course they're smiling and singing because they haven't gone through the hell I have gone through. The next one that we featured was my dear friend, Laura Steinbrink, who focused on, again, shining light into dark places, focusing on unanswered questions that she faced as a child growing up and being an advocate for herself in her adulthood to bring to light things that happened to her as a young girl. Laura highly recommends therapy and getting to some of the answers of the why. As many of you know, then, hearing Laura's and Amy's stories brought up my own experience with date rape to the surface. And for the first time, I publicly shared my story of being date raped six years ago. That was broadcast December of 2020. After my episode aired, over 40 women connected with me to share their stories one by one. Some abuse had happened recently. Some abuse had been carried on for years. Some had been decades ago, but the trauma and the triggers and the tears were still evident. Each story was unique. Each one filled still with pain at some level. And each one held close to the heart by a powerful woman. These stories and the women have been sitting on my heart for months. And I know I am called to do more around this area. I know I'm called to be a voice, an advocate, to break the silence, and to bring to light these stories for healing, for growth, to break off shame. Women opening up and using your voices to share your deepest, darkest, hardest secrets. 
is a passion of mine so that we grow and heal together. But how do we do this? I know I don't have a perfect answer yet, but this month we're going to purposely choose to continue to have this conversation with strong, beautiful women. Well, April 2021 marks the 20th anniversary of an official Sexual Assault Awareness Month, social movements advocating for the prevention of sexual assault have been taking place for decades. In fact, the first rape crisis center opened up in San Francisco in 1971. That's according to the National Sexual Violence Resource Center. You can find that online and we'll also put those links on our website to source these statistics. It is important for the conversation about sexual assault to evolve so that those who've experienced it can heal and the stigma of shame can be removed. Let some of the statistics speak for themselves. Every 73 seconds, an American is sexually assaulted, about one a minute, and every nine minutes, one of those victims is a child. One out of every six American women has been the victim of attempted or completed rape in their lifetime. So ladies, as you're listening, think of five of your other friends making the group of you six. The statistics show one out of six. My gut says that number is higher because a lot of us have never shared our story, never shared our shame, never shared our pain. So these are the reported cases. My gut says that number is higher. I could be wrong, but that's my gut. More than half, 55% of sexual assaults occur at or near the victim's home. All of these statistics are from RAIN, Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network. Evidence shows that during times of emergency and crisis, like our current pandemic COVID lifestyle, the rates of sexual violence actually increase. While many people and women and children felt safer at home, a majority did not. Last year, March 2020, minors made up half of the calls to the National Sexual Assault Hotline for the first time ever. This is according to an article, again, we'll put this online, from the Harvard Medical School. Of minors who reported coronavirus-related concerns, 67% identified their perpetrator as a family member, and 79% said they were living with that perpetrator. So the increase of calls last year when we were locked down in the global pandemic, and minors made up half of those calls. On Amy Stack's podcast, she mentioned a book and an author that she had, author speaker that she had heard Nicole Braddock Bromley, that helped her through some of her pain. I believe that book and the work by Nicole is on our website. But I recently powered through the book in preparation for today's podcast. And it was interesting because there were sections that resonated. There were sections that I found curious. There were other sections that didn't relate as much. But it was a goldmine in this place where she talks about how we disguise ourselves as those of us who have been victims. And I believe that this is across the board, whether it's a childhood sexual assault, trauma, a date rape, something that's happened in our adulthood that we that also happened to us. Ladies, listen to these descriptions. There are five of them. We disguise ourselves by becoming a control freak. We have to be in charge at all times in order to keep from being hurt. The second way we disguise ourselves is to become a perfectionist. Not only do we need to participate in things, but we need to lead them, get those straight A's, 
do things to the utmost excellence. The third way that we disguise ourselves is by a tough girl. We're bossy, aggressive, control my emotions and surrounding so that no one else can hurt me again. The fourth one is a people pleaser. Hard time saying no to people. Keep saying yes, no boundaries. But then the fifth one was a princess in a tower. Like Rapunzel, not to let our guard down because it's too dangerous, too risky, and I don't need anybody's help. Do any of those descriptors resonate with you? Control freak, perfectionist, tough girl, people pleaser, princess in tower. I know if I am honest with myself as a 45-year-old woman, I know, and I've spoken about this, my perfectionist mentality. I do like to be in control. I don't feel like I'm as much of a tough girl, except I do keep my walls up. And Chad knew that coming into our marriage. Not letting my guard down. Don't need anybody's help. Do any of these resonate with you? It's time, ladies, to break the silence. And it's scary. Oh, it's so scary. But on the other side of the silence, there is freedom and joy, laughter and hope, community togetherness, friendship. Silence delays our healing. It locks us up. It binds us up. It bounds us in shame, fear. Again, the women that reached out to me after my December podcast was alarming. Women that I've known my entire life, women that I've met recently, former students, colleagues, friends, relatives, women coming out, talking about how they were abused as a child by an uncle, a brother, a coach, women like myself, who after our first divorce went out to try to find new love and to figure out how to date again as a single mom, only to find ourselves in a position where a man took advantage of us, drugged our drinks, and raped us. There is a fire in my soul to break this silence. I don't know what this all looks like, but I do know that I will be an advocate for those who have dealt with sexual abuse and trauma of, of any kind. And yes, men, I know that means you too. It's not just women, predominantly women, but it's not all women. Let's look at some of the episodes that are coming up this April. Many of you may recognize the name Lauren Brill. Lauren was in a successful career as a television sportscaster when she decided to share her story on the ABC Network website about being drugged and sexually assaulted by two strangers as a teenager. After revealing her secret, she created an online community where individuals can share open letters, encouraging strength and compassion. In her episode, she discusses the importance of terminology and the words that we use to describe assaults. This one was phenomenal. When I recorded it with Lauren, phenomenal. Talking about how legislation between state and state is not standard and what is considered rape in one state is not considered rape in another state and how we have to normalize and standardize that language and how important it is to begin conversations with our children at a young age, 
to give them language and context for what's appropriate and not appropriate behavior with adults. What are adults allowed and not allowed to do and to give them voice and terminology and verbiage in order to safeguard and bring protection to them and to advocate for them. She also talks about how many women have orgasms during a rape and your body is sexually aroused. And that she felt like that conversation of women feeling that their bodies were betraying them and normalizing that, that that is a human bodily reaction to physical touch. And that does not mean that you enjoyed it or you let it on, but to really have these hard conversations, really have the verbiage in our voices. I'm 45 years old, ladies, and some of this stuff is new for me. Yes, I grew up in a semi-sheltered world. And I was a girl that lost her virginity on her wedding night. And I didn't fool around and I wasn't sexually active. So some of this stuff was new for me. This language, it makes us feel uncomfortable talking about it. But the more we talk about it, the less uncomfortable we become. The more we talk about it, it breaks off the fear and the shame. And we realize that we come together in community and advocation, purpose, alignment, and where we might be picked off because we're standing alone as one person when we lock arms, coming together, joining and unifying together. Much harder to break. And then when the winds come and the rains come, we're not knocked down. When the storms come and rage against us, we're not knocked down. Because there's a community of people advocating and believing in each other. And as I shared before on the Paul Williams podcast, that I'm not always up. I have my down days. Anyone who listens to me at 11.11 on my Facebook lives know that I have a lot of down days or a lot of tough times. And 2021 has not been kind to Jennifer Malcolm. It has been a tough, tough start to the year. But I have friends around me and a community around me that I can call or text, reach out to my friend, Laura, my friend, Kim, my friend, Tracy, those women around me that check in on me regularly. How are you doing? Lift up my head, not allowing the darkness to consume me, not allowing the lies that still are within my head to have power over me, but to allow truth. Joy, vision, uplifted head to be who I am as a woman. And I can't do that alone. That's through that community. That's the importance of this community. Another story that we're featuring is a Susan Taylor Warner, which was amazing because I actually went to elementary school with her son, Nate. I think we were in fifth and sixth grade together or sixth and part of seventh grade together. And she now is a professor with, with Chad at Baldwin-Wallace wise woman. But in her story, Susan had felt like something was off kilter about herself for years. But it wasn't until she was in her 30s that she realized she had been abused by a family member as a child. She compartmentalized and stuffed things down as she went from being a teenager to a wife to a mom and then started to have these pictures and flashbacks of her being sexually abused. As she worked to unravel the truth, Susan realized the extent of how many individuals in her family had been affected by this trauma. As an adult and mother, 
She has taught her children families don't have secrets and advocates for educating children at a young age about their bodies. We also did a recording. I brought back Amy Stack, Laura Steinbrink, and myself to talk about our season one episodes that were aired to continue this conversation on sexual assault. In that podcast, the three of us discuss our responses from the community after releasing our stories, which included positive responses, a lot of positive responses from others who had the courage to share their stories or ones that just encouraged us to rally us on, to unlock our voices and come into that freedom, to come into our strength and courage and have that spark go even further. We also talk about some people that we received silence from and that we wish they would have reached out. We wish they would have said something. Maybe they didn't listen to it. Maybe they listened to it and ignored us. But there was still some triggers and pain of people that said things or did not say things that the three of us wished they had. But the most beautiful thing was that all three of us came into a deeper level of healing and power as we shined light on this dark space of sexual trauma, assault, and abuse. I also featured my friend, Madonna Savage Phillips, who I've known for probably 30 years. I had a beautiful lunch with her back in December after my podcast came out and the deep compassion in her eyes, the friendship, the laughter, picking up where we left off 10 plus years ago. She also had the courage to come out to share her story about her family and the sexual abuse running deeply throughout it. So ladies, as you're listening to this, and we focus April on Lauren Brill's story, on Susan Taylor Warner's story, on Amy Stack's story, on Laura Steinbrink's story, on Madonna Phillips' story, and myself, the goal all around this is that through us sharing our stories, that you may find courage and a community to break the silence that might be in your own heart. And maybe the abuse isn't you. Maybe you were not abused or traumatized. That's amazing. That's amazing. But it's likely that you know someone who has been a college roommate, an aunt, a cousin, a neighbor, a colleague. It is likely that you know someone who has dealt with sexual assault. And as a friend, what you can gift that person is a listening ear, an open heart, compassion, belief in their story, holding their hand, advocating for their healing. So whether you've been abused or you know someone that has been abused, we're all in this together. We're all in this together. So the goal on this is that we break the silence. We're going to put on our website some places to donate to organizations to help women. We, here in Northeast Ohio, we're going to feature the Cleveland Rape Crisis Center, and that link will be on our website. On a national level, if you're not in Cleveland, Ohio, we will feature RAIN, and we'll put the donation link on there. We're asking you to join us 
on the 30 days of SAM, S-A-A-M challenge, which is a sexual assault awareness month. By simply sharing this podcast and this information with women in your circles, donating to a local charity, donating to a local organization who provides support. If you're looking for someone to talk to about your experience, the Rain Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network has a hotline 24-7. That number is 800-656-HOPE. 800-656-HOPE. I also hope that you know that we will continue I will continue to be an advocate, a warrior woman, not a victim. Something that happened to me will also become a champion of strength within my soul. Yes, I may have scars on my body, emotional scars on my body from things that happened to me, but I also will not stay in that place of victim mentality. I will overcome. I am overcoming. I'm choosing to continue to heal and have this conversation alongside of you. Feel free to email me. Feel free to send me a direct message on my social media accounts. 40 women in my circle came out to share their stories since I had the courage to share mine back in December. It's time to break the silence, to bring joy, to get over our triggers, our trigger words our pain, our suffering, our isolation, our silence, and to step into healing, courage, hope, strength, joy, freedom. Will you join me? I hope that you are challenged. I hope that you are encouraged. I hope that you found a drop of hope that might have hit your heart or spirit. And as you listen to these amazing women's stories, of healing, freedom, joy, that you'll join our movement, Genesis Movement, to bring power, empowerment, voice, courage, and healing to women. All right, ladies, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Genesis Speaks podcast. If you love the show, one of the best things you can do is to share it with a friend. Tell them what you like about it, how it inspires you, and invite them to listen. Subscribe to the Genesis Movement to empower women's voices and reclaim the power over your own narrative.